Hey everyone, welcome to 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, your weekly midweek break to reconnect with the Florida Hospital Church family and topics being discussed each week. We always look at the previous week's message and give you a peek into the upcoming as well. In the studio today is Andy. Hello, hello. And John Monday, our message uh, bringer, speaker from last week. Hello. So this past week's message was Unfinished Christian Imperfect Church. But before we get to that, don't forget to go back and check out last week's podcast, Living with Purpose. Our message was brought to us by Randy Hafner, and we decided that Living with Purpose that we needed to present ourselves as unvarnished, allowing ourselves an inviting and transparent look into our personal struggles to stay focused on God. So do go back and check that out. You can find that at hospitalchurch.org slash podcast. Obviously, there are mobile apps these days for all of those, whether you're on Apple or Android. We're on iTunes as well, so subscribe. That way you'll never miss an episode, and it'll hit your feed early on Wednesday mornings. Please do share those with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Smoke Signals, whatever it is that you have. And you can hit us up as well at all the Florida Hospital channels. And we would also welcome any feedback that you have for us at podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And according to John, you might. You kind of prefaced your message this past week about what Andy uh, gets up next week and says what John really meant (laughs) to say was. No, I told him after service it was all right. Yeah, he was all square? Okay. That's what he said, but then he didn't show up for second service because he didn't want to face the music. So I'm really not sure. So this was week six in our final installment of Unfinished. We finished Unfinished. We finished the Unfinished, and it was a fantastic series. So I would invite you again to go back, check all the uh, previous editions of the podcast, and actually watch the messages at hospitalchurch.org on the website. And so first off... You covered an amazing amount of ground in this sermon this past week. Yeah, 30 minutes worth. Yeah. <laughs> all logical, all you know, in order, everything made sense, everything. But there was a lot to digest from this week's message. What, where, where did you come up with this week's message and how did it evolve to get to where you were? Or was this the initial, this is what I want to talk about? No, no, it, it certainly evolved. Um, when, they, when they talked about unfinished, well, I have to say where it starts from is um, my really, really clear sense of my own depravity, which is exactly why I fit in so well here at the hospital church staff. <laughs> um, it, it is uh, one of the things that I sensed in Andy really early on is that he was um, he he really understood depravity. How's that for your senior pastor? <laughs> but, well, no, you're flawed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it, it's wonderful to work in a place where we really, really do understand that we're really not all that. Um, so the whole concept of unfinished, where uh, especially in, in so many Christian circles, people try so hard to be so good. Yeah. And um, – and here at the hospital church with the mentorship of Andy, as well as I think where so many of us come from, we just understand that it's not about us. And and unfinished, it brings that image to mind of trying to finish yourself and being about the work. And so I sort of wanted to make sure that we put that in the proper context. And one of our texts was from Philippians 1.6 about you know, he who began to go radio, he'll finish it. He'll finish it. And I, yeah. think, I think that in the back of John's mind, that, that sort of sat there. 
that, okay, this is not something I finish. It's something God finishes as well. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. (laughs) (laughs) See, we're taking care of that on the podcast. You don't have to wait till next week, although Andy will be preaching, but we'll get to that later. But I think when I looked at the – as I sat in first service and looked around the room, I saw a lot of heads. Yep. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, just the the subtle head nod. So I knew that you had people because you had me right off the the get-go. My first thought was – and I know it to be fact, but you don't always equate that to the people that maybe you don't know or that you feel excluded that am I the only one who went through what you went through as a kid feeling like I'm just completely ill-equipped? Am I just stupid that I don't get this? Or is this just like on a level that I'm never going to understand and I'm just always going to be the guy on the outside going, I can't even explain why I'm at church. So, I mean, what what possible help could I be? And then guilty for all those who are lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a heavy a heavy one right there. Yeah, it really was. Well, I don't think you're the only one. I don't think, and as I said, I don't think I was the only one. The, the truth is, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we're we're pretty much all there at some point. And, and also, the ones that I think really terrify me are the ones that are never there. The the ones that really do think they're up to the task. That's uh, that's a little frightening. That is a little frightening. The a quote early on was, because the work was so important and the time so short, it was critical to get about it now. In parentheses, I'm air quoting here, please, only qualified evangelists need apply. And then you continued on, you certainly don't want to get to heaven and read the list of names of those who were perishing because you didn't tell them the truth about Jesus, the heavy yoke. Right. And that was just like, I'd never heard anybody actually say it that way before or present it in that way before. But that hit hard to me that, you know, I hope that we're, and I think here at the church, hospital church, we do a pretty good job at least attempting to not put all that on people. Well, it's interesting. I had, um, you know, I, as I said, I didn't grow up in an Adventist church. So this was very much of a Baptist context. Right. But, um, and of course, perishing had a sort of a, a hotter aspect to it in the Baptist <laughs> church. Um, so, you know, there was this whole concept of, you know, you're going to look down and see people burning in hell because you passed them on the street and God, you know, whispered in your ear, talked to them, and you said, no, I'd rather go get a Slurpee. And, uh, you know, and that's sort of the, the context that, that I would hear from time to time. But I had heard the same message with slightly different words. From Adventist. And, yeah. and interestingly, just within the last two weeks, and it was probably timing of God, I had specifically heard that exact message from an Adventist that it was so important to be doing everything right now because time is so short. And, and exactly that, that we would get to heaven and realize that there were people that weren't there because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. And I just don't think God works that way. I, I I agree with you, and I I was thinking as I sat there, I was thinking that while I know that to be while I know this to be true, but that thinking corporately and even individually is so exclusionary. But I hadn't thought about it in that term, in those terms specifically. That if that's who we are as a church and as a community that are trying to welcome people in, that's like that's just not a. It doesn't look good to anyone. It's not inviting. Who wants to come and carry all of that as like, well, you walk in the door, <laughs> we got work for you, yeah. and to, you know, click the pen, and we're off, we're off and running with all this work we're going to give you that you're probably, in most cases, ill-equipped to probably do very well. Right. And it's not fun. I mean, who who wants to be pulled into that? I mean, 
so the work that we're going about, are we doing it because we enjoy doing it or are we doing yeah. it because it's this awful heavy thing that has to be done? And I think that's part as, as someone who was away from church of any kind for a long, long time. I think that was part of it was like, you know, I have no chance. I've got zero, zero chance of even coming to being even close to this. The, the bar was so low. Forget about it. So why even try to be good? Let's revel, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the highway to hell is, is wide. Let's join the party because there's no way I can even come close to this. So let's just not try. And that's not, that's not helping anybody either. Well, the whole idea of having this heavy burden of responsibility for every everybody that's not part of God's present kingdom kind of thing, it, it really denies a lot of scripture. You know, again, the very scripture for this whole series that God finishes the work; it's His work. That salvation is His work. That He's the Savior, not us. And it's just it's, there's so many ways in which it goes against us, but. Oftentimes, Christians move, if, if they hear that, uh, it's all God's work, they move all the way to the other end of the spectrum and say, well, then I won't do anything. I don't have to, I, I'm not even going to engage at all. I have no responsibility. And that's, that's, that's an equally bad heresy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's equally, equally bad. But I, I, another quote that you had is, if I can do nothing to secure my own salvation and my salvation is completely a work of God, how can it be that I could thwart that work? Who do I think I am and how arrogant could I be? To believe that God needs me. So while that can sit out there for some of us who may be, I'm not calling myself a mature Christian, but someone who's been through a little bit of the battle here, not here, back, okay, I can, I can, I can kind of process that. But what about the new person that comes to Florida Hospital Church and says, you know, they're a newbie and just kind of like, well, wait a minute, what, God doesn't need me? I mean, I thought that was, you know, because as a new, a new even a new believer, a lot of times we want to feel that God needs us. That's kind of some people find their but, purpose well, there. But the word, the word need, the word need has a an angst to it that the word want doesn't. Okay, and, and so to, to to say to be able to say, yeah, God wants us. He wants us in partnership. He wants us to do things with him. He wants us to be with him on a journey of, of faith, and and to help be able to share that word with other people is different than He needs me to do that. Uh, because needs puts him at, as a as a needy one, and he's the supplier of everything. That doesn't work very well. Mm. And, and, and yet, I don't. I'm not. I'm not irrelevant to the task. He wants me to be part of it. Right. And, and that, that sort of find that balance. I thought well, John did a good job of, of finding that. And I think in that context, for me, what I was what I was thinking about was a conversation I had with my wife before we got married, which was. Um, and I think a lot of people can probably relate to this. You don't want to marry somebody who's needy. You don't want to marry somebody who needs you to complete them. Right. So you want to you want to be with somebody who has all of their needs fulfilled, but wants you so badly that that want can feel like a need. Yeah. And, and I also mm-hmm. think that with within the context and and the quote that you gave was actually talking about if 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 God does all the work to save me then how is it that I think my work is important to save somebody else? Not so much in, in my own context, but but to save myself. But I think this idea is very, very freeing, because yeah. if we are necessary to the work, then we can hardly go about the work with reckless abandon. We've got to be very, very deliberate. But I love this idea that if the work is all God's, and he calls us just to follow him, Far from it resulting in us not doing the work, 
I think what it can result in is we can go about the work with absolute reckless abandon, knowing that we cannot fail. Well, and I think you wrapped it up nicely with the analogy of washing the, what was it, the 66 Mustang? 66 Mustang, yeah. So, you know, where, and I think that's kind of as a church, if you, if you put us in that position mm-hmm. where we're trying to make somebody feel like, hey, I mean, you are important because they are. I mean, their contribution to our church and to our community, it is important. But if we can take the weight off, like you made that analogy that, you know, you felt like, you know, you might not have been really all that much help at all. But to you, it felt like you were just walking on air, that you were asked to be a part of this awesome task to you. And I think that's really, that's really that last illustration of washing the car with dad is such an illustration for for us and God. Here is one who can do all, is all, has all, completely all God. And yet he lets us come along and think that we're having a hand, you know, <laughs> that we're actually improving his car washing. <laughs> you know, we're, we're really just sort of in the way. But, yeah. we, but we get to be with the Father. We get to follow Jesus. We get to be with God. That's, that's a really great opportunity. And, and thus being with the Father truly brings the Father joy. I, I mm-hmm. think if you look at the entire gospel message, look at everything God did from beginning to end, he, I mean, God traversed all all of space and time to come and be with us while we were still a complete mess and wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah. And it's because God is relational. We see that in the Trinity. Uh, in, in the book, The Great Dance, uh, it's spelled out. Uh, we can see that in the book, The Shack, that was popular a few years ago. So there is something very, very important, but it's the relationship that we have with God. It's not that there's some particular task that God can't Accomplish. I do believe also that God does use us to accomplish his tasks, and there may be a bit of a mystery in this that could be explored further. Sure. Because while I, I'm completely convinced, and maybe it's just because it's what I need to sleep at night, I don't think that there are going to be people in hell because I didn't do my job. I think that would be unfair to those people. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks for making John my representative, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you could, you could have picked me somebody else. That's yeah. right. But God does choose to do His work through people, mm-hmm. and, and so there's a bit of a mystery there that you know that's how He does it. But at the same time, I don't think He's He's going to fail without me. Well, the Holy Spirit certainly has influence in our lives directly as well as through other people. So a, a, a friend can speak into our lives, and the Holy Spirit can use that friend to speak into our lives. Or the Holy Spirit can also speak directly into our lives without the friend. Uh, so that's I think that's why you can say God is not dependent upon us, but he can still use us as part of his, his army. Well, and right. there's another great, uh, great quote from the Bible that I use, actually, I, I used to use on a blog I was trying to keep up with. And that is <laughs> when, um, when Christ is being challenged and he's being told, you need to shut up your disciples. And Christ says, if they didn't say it, the rocks would cry out. Right. So the work is going to get done. I just soon it not be a rock. I'm happy to help. <laughs> right. Yeah, we might be a little bit better than a rock. Um, and we don't have time to go into each of actually one of the one of my favorite parts of what you were talking about in the Great Commission and how we miss even mis misinterpret misread. So I would invite you to go back if you haven't already and listen to John's message as he goes through a list of verses in Matthew and in John. And the emphasis that is there that will make you completely rethink possibly how maybe you've thought about it in the past or 
and hopefully maybe give you a different picture going forward about maybe where your role is and what you need to do because we you basically said ours is not a task but a choice to follow Jesus. And I just thought that was after that after I mean the the progression that you took to get there it's, really made it solidified to me. And, and that progression is worth going back to our website and yep. watching the actual talk right. because that there's a great progression of thought right there that you just we can't give again right now but you, right. you you need to hear that because it's really important to see how that how that flows and how we are our job as a sheep is just to follow yeah and um you know one of the things i would have liked to explore more but andy only gave me 30 minutes <laughs> i should give you 20 <laughs> was, uh, was the notion that um that we become new creatures and we the reason that we do a lot of this work is not because God needs us to do it, not because he's commanded it, not because it's a heavy burden. An orange tree makes oranges because it's an orange tree. Yep. That's what orange trees do. Yep. Sheep follow because that's what sheep do. Christians are about the work of God because that's what Christians yes. do. It's their nature. And if you don't feel called to do that, you may want to think about your relationship with Christ. That's it. Well, you set that up perfectly as we go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, the final thoughts that I wanted to leave you with was actually a, just a brief outtake from John's message that will hopefully give you hope as you learn to follow instead of just doing and learning the rhythms of grace. John said, you are fully trained, fully qualified, and fully prepared to do everything God has asked of you. You don't need anything that you don't already have, and you don't need to do anything that you haven't already done. So if you are confused about maybe where you fit in and where God might be able to use you and that you'd just like to lead, to follow and, and, and see where that rhythm of grace takes you, I would invite you to come and see a staff member at the church and find out how you can get involved. If you feel like there's a piece of you that's missing and you haven't been involved, we can find something that maybe we can help you figure out a spiritual gift or something that you can be involved and, uh, and go ahead and follow along. So next week, we are going to be – Andy will be back with yeah. – what's the message for next week? Well, it's a new series we start called R is for Relevance, uh, okay. rated R. And uh, we're talking about the Bible Superman, which can, you can probably figure out who that would be. Hmm. Um, anyway, mystery. Judges like 13 to 16. <laughs> uh, how to present him in a G-rated audience for, with an R-rated life will be a challenge, but we'll get there. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you guys for being here, and thank you for joining us. And if, again, if you missed John's message, I would highly encourage you to go back to the website, hospitalchurch.org, click on sermons, and then archives, and you can watch uh, you can watch a replay of that. And definitely go back and check out the progression to find out why ours is not a test but a choice, come follow me. So again, until next week in episode 13, this is Randy and for Andy and John. We'll see you all next week.